This is the St. Longinus' Baptism Podcast Channel. This episode is going to be entitled, Why the, uh, the, Why the Rosary is Scriptural. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. O Jesus, sweet Jesus, O Jesus divine, my life, my death, to you I resign. Every action of mine shall your patronage claim, for whatever I do shall be done in your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. Okay, so the purpose of this episode is... Part of it will be apologetic, and the other part of it will just explain what the what the rosary is, um, how it works, instructional, I guess, for lack of a better term. So, the first recorded um, instance of the rosary was in twelve. 12- 08 AD, 1208 AD, when St. Dominic was given the rosary by the Virgin Mary to help fight the Albigensian heresy. Uh, For those of you who uh, who, uh, don't know what the Albigensian heresy is, you have Google. Uh, Look it up. Um. And I'm sure there's going to be certain Protestants who come across this are going to say, Oh, the Albigensians were proto-Protestants. The, the Catholic Church being the, the, the heretics that they are, they were, they were uh, persecuting proto-Protestants. And given the state of Protestantism, um, <laughs> You know, I'm 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 sure there are certain Protestant sects that actually practice the Albigensian heresy. Um, I don't want to get into the whole thing because uh, that's not the purpose of this podcast. But, but I want you to make note of the year that this that the rosary was was the first recorded instance of the rosary being started 1208 for those of you who are historically illiterate Martin Luther your patron saint if you're a protestant did not break away from the catholic church until around 1517 we're talking over 300 years later so um now I do realize there's some nuance because the rosary like any catholic devotional and sacramental has evolved over the years but I'm going to show in this podcast how it is scriptural for those who claim it is not Okay so to explain the nuts and bolts. And I wish I could post a picture up, but I think I can explain this. The rosary is made of a cross 
a centerpiece, and 50 beads. Um, there, um, out of the 10 small beads, um, that make up the rosary, there are five, oh, I'm sorry, there are six large beads that break up the 10 bead, the 10 smaller beads. The 10 smaller beads are called decades and the larger beads um are I'm sorry not the 10 I, my bad the six larger beads are the what are known in 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 catholic terms as the our father beads so I'm going to work around from bottom and go around. So at the bottom of the rosary is a crucifix. When you uh, start praying the rosary, you start at the bottom of, or I'm sorry, you start at the crucifix when you start your rosary. Um, before you start, you ask Mother Mary to present your intentions to her son. Um, when you pray the rosary, you're not praying to Mary. You're asking for her intercession. There's a theology behind this, but that, once again, uh, theology and apologetics is not the purpose of this program or this podcast uh, episode. It's basically to tell you about the rosary. So before before you start praying the rosary, you you give you ask Mother Mary to intercede for your intentions and you know to take them to her son Jesus Christ. Once you've done that, you make the sign of the cross and you say the Apostles' Creed. Now given Given the fact that Protestantism is a dumpster fire, there are mainline denominations of Protestantism, or what are known as mainline denominations, who have their own version of the Apostles' Creed. Obviously, since this uh, the Rosary is a Catholic um, sacramental and devotional, um. You know, we use the, the, the original Apostles' Creed, which is Catholic. But what I'm saying is, is mainline Protestant denominations have their own version of the creed. So basically, oh, and the, the, the branches of Protestantism that are so messed up that they don't believe in creeds and uh, confessions and stuff. They do not, you know, they would say, well, that's not scriptural. That's not a creed. Uh, we don't have a creed. Uh, basically, they can make that argument. Um, what they're arguing from is either ignorance or their own um, cognitive dissidence. So, um, like I said, I'm not going to argue against that 
Um, I'm just saying, um, you start at the crucifix and you make the sign of the cross and you say the Apostles' Creed. Uh, After the crucifix comes the first large bead, which, as I said earlier, is the Our Father. Now, the Our Father um, is from Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It's where Jesus, uh, his disciples ask him, well, how should we pray? And he gives them the Our Father. After the Our Father are three small beads, the Hail Marys. And the Hail Mary, now I know, I know there's some of you Protestant artists out there that want to argue this. Oh, that's the scriptural, that's the scriptural. I'm going to give you chapter and verse where the Hail Mary comes from. The Hail Mary comes from Luke chapter 1, verse 28. That's basically when the angel Gabriel comes down to the Virgin Mary and tells her that she's going to give birth to Jesus Christ, our Savior. And when he does this, he salutes her, meaning, you know, the salute in military terms. In other words, he glorifies her by saying, Hail, full of grace. Okay? So, to you Protestants out there, you know, grab your Bible. I've given you chapter and verse and see what I'm saying is not true. Now, on these three Hail Mary beads, um, by the way, the rosary I'm going to be covering is the traditional Catholic rosary. Um, Vatican II, like everything else it touched, corrupted um, their version of the rosary. If you're a Vatican II type, save save your outrage for somebody who cares. This is this. Um, I'm doing the traditional pre-Vatican II rosary, not the monstrosity that you guys practice. Oh, and for those of you who don't know, I was once uh, a member of the Vatican II Church. So anyway, on the three small beads, the Hail Marys. Um, you say the Hail Mary, and this is what I do. For each of the three Hail Marys that are in that section, um, one is an act of faith, the other is the act of hope, and the other one is an act of charity. Um, and by the way, that's also scriptural because those are the three um the three uh, prime virtues of a Catholic that St. Paul talks about in one of his epistles, faith, hope, and charity. Um, how I do this is, is after I say the Hail Mary, I ask um I ask for her intercession that I may live 
the act of faith. And then when I get to the, the, the bead for the act of hope, I, I ask to live that. And then when I get to the act of charity, I ask to live that. Okay. Now, um, when you get to the last Hail Mary in the three sections, you, um, you do what is known. You do this on the third beat before you move on to the, uh, to the first decade. You basically pray the glory be and the glory be. And by the way, this is a Catholic prayer. This Catholic prayer predated the Protestant revolt. And the glory be is glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, it's now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Then you do the Fatima prayer. Um, some traditional Catholics don't pray this prayer, but this prayer was approved by a pre-Vatican II Pope. Therefore, in my eyes, it's perfectly legitimate to pray this prayer. And basically, the Fatima prayer is, O oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of your mercy. So, you pray those two prayers before you go to the first decade. Now, the when I say the first decade, remember that I told you in earlier that there's a large bead or large our father bead before the decade starts so on the first decade you would meditate on the first mystery um there are prayers and intentions that go with each of the uh the mysteries on the decade so you would pray those. And by the way, when I get a little further along in this explanation, I will explain what the decade, uh, what the meditation and prayers are. So you meditate on the first mystery. You pray for the virtues of that mystery. And then you say the Our Father after you do all that. And then you do the 10 Hail Marys, the decade. And on the last bead, the 10th bead, you say the Glory Be and the Fatima prayer. And then you move on to the second and so on and so forth until you get to the fifth decade. And then... You do the same thing on the fifth decade. You do the same thing. And then on the 10th bead, you do the, um, the glory be and the Fatima prayer. And then 
on the um on the centerpiece because by the way it'd probably be useful if this if this sounds interesting to you to buy a rosary guide they will have a picture of the rosary and they'll show you what it looks like and how to use it but basically when you get to the center um it, it it basically goes to the crucifix the first our father the three hail marys the first decade and from the first decade there is a centerpiece, but you don't go to that when you start out. You just start on the first decade of the rosary until you get to the fifth decade. Once you're done the second, uh, I'm sorry, once you're done with the fifth decade and you've said the Our Father and the Fatima prayer, on the centerpiece, you say the closing prayers which is Hail Holy Queen. And the um, the last prayer, or I, I'm, I'm sorry, the second to the last prayer is called Let Us Pray. Um, the Hail Holy Queen goes, Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy. Hail our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning, and weeping in this veil of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, not God, advocate, or goddess, I should say. Um, Turn then, most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy toward us. And after this, our exile, show us into the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. So that's the Hail Holy Queen prayer. The let us pray prayer is, O God, whose only begotten Son, by his life, death, and resurrection, has purchased for us the rewards of eternal life. Grant, we beseech thee, that meditating upon these mysteries of the most holy rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we may imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Then there's an additional prayer. Um... You don't have to do this prayer. Um, and my understanding is is um, it can vary due to preference or whatever you feel comfortable with. My um, last prayer on the rosary is the prayer to St. Michael, which goes, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Amen. So those are the basic prayers of the Holy Rosary. Now I'm going to get into the mysteries. Basically, the mysteries 
are said on certain days, okay? You have the joyful mysteries, which are said on Mondays and Thursdays. And on Sunday, you would say the joyful mysteries all during Advent and Epiphany until Lent. And um, the second set of mysteries are called the Sorrowful Mysteries. They are said on Tuesdays and Fridays and on Sundays during Lent. And then you, for the third mysteries, you have Wednesdays and Saturdays and on Sundays from Easter until Advent. Um, by the way, for you Vatican II people out there, don't give me any garbage about, what about the luminous mysteries? Um, if you're unaware, I'm said of a contest. I don't recognize the Vatican II Council as legitimate, and I definitely don't recognize any of the popes after uh, Pius XII. I know, you know, your precious pope, uh, quote-unquote, St. John Paul II, did the Luminous Mysteries. Since I consider him a heretic, I consider those invalid. And for those of you who are interested in learning more about the, uh, the rosary, the rosary, the amount of prayers, there's a reason for the amount of prayers in the rosary. And when John Paul added the fourth mystery, that totally changed the amount of prayers. But basically... The way the rosary was practiced prior to Vatican II, the amount of prayers that were said were were made for a specific reason. Like I said, this is not uh, about the theology or any of that. So I suggest, if you're interested in finding out about that, reading the pre-Vatican II uh, theology on the rosary. Now, in the Joyful Mysteries, and we're just going to, you know, I'm going to go in order. So, in the Joyful Mysteries, the first, the first, um, The first uh, decade is started with the Incarnation, which is the Annunciation, and its virtue is humility. So before you would start on the Incarnation meditation, you would ask that you receive humility. And... The scriptural, the scriptural uh, passage that, that that this that this meditation is taken from is Luke chapter one twenty six verses twenty six through thirty eight. 
And then there is a prayer that goes after you've meditated upon that passage of scripture. And that's uh, after you do that, you would do the Our Father and then you would do that decade. The next um, decade is the visitation. The virtue of that decade is charity. The scriptural passage for um, the uh, the visitation is Luke chapter one verses thirty nine through fifty six. And by the way, all the decades when you're meditating upon the scriptural aspect of the the particular decade, there's a prayer that you say before doing the Our Father. On the third decade, it is the birth of our Savior in Bethlehem, the Nativity. The virtue of this decade is poverty of spirit. And the spiritual reference, or I'm sorry, the scriptural reference for this decade is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. The fourth decade of the rosary is the presentation. The virtue for this is obedience of faith. The scriptural reference for this decade is Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. And the fifth and final decade of the joyful mysteries is finding of the child Jesus in the temple. Its virtue is submission to divine will. And the scriptural um the scriptural reference to this is Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 51. And that covers the joyful mysteries. Now, the sorrowful mysteries, their virtue is fidelity Oh, no, I I apologize. I've made a mistake. I have made a mistake. Okay, so when you start a particular day of the rosary, each particular, the joyful mysteries and the sorrowful mysteries and the glorious mysteries have... 
the fruit of each mystery that you're supposed to pray for. So the fruit of the uh, joyful mysteries is the spirit of holy joy. So when starting the joyful mysteries, you would ask for the spirit of holy joy. And then when you start the first decade of the joyful mysteries, you would ask for humility. So I made a mistake. So the... The, uh, the, the fruit of the sorrowful mysteries is the spirit of compassion, contrition, and reparation. So, um, the first, um, uh, decade of the sorrowful mysteries is the agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the virtue you're supposed to pray for is fervor in prayer and sorrow for sin. Now, um, the scriptural reference for the first sorrowful mystery is Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. The second, the second decade of the sorrowful mysteries is the scourging in Pilate's palace. The, uh, the virtues of this decade are penance and especially mortification of the senses. Basically, when they say mortification of the senses, they're talking about fasting, penance, you know, just basically, um, you're you're asking for help in 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 disciplining your appetites. It's the best way I can put it. And the um, scriptural reference for the second decade is Saint John. Chapter 18, verses 33 through 40, and chapter 19, verse 1 of, of the gospel according to St. John. The third decade is the crowning with thorns. The virtues of this decade are moral courage and love of humiliations. Because as as if you want to be a good Catholic, you need to die to the sin of pride. And the um, scriptural reference for the third decade is Matthew chapter. I'm sorry, Saint Matthew chapter twenty-seven, verses twenty-seven through thirty. The fourth decade of, of the um, sorrowful mysteries is the carrying of the cross. Its virtue is patience. The scriptural reference for the fourth decade of the sorrowful mysteries is 
Luke chapter 23, verses 17 through 32. And on the last decade of the sorrowful mysteries is the crucifixion. The virtues associated with this are self-sacrifice for God and our neighbor and forgiveness of injuries. The scriptural reference for this last decade Okay, yeah, um, the, the fifth, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, on the fourth decade, um, the scriptural reference is uh, Luke chapter, uh, St. Luke chapter 23, verses 17 through 32. So, oh, I think I just repeated the fourth decade. I'm sorry, it's really late. And uh, as the government says, mistakes will be made. We, uh, we were on the fifth sorrowful mystery. And basically, this is the crucifixion and death of Christ. Um, I think I already covered... That its virtue is self-sacrifice for God and our neighbor and forgiveness of injuries. Matter of fact, I know that's it. And the scriptural reference for this is St. John chapter 19, verses 16 through 30. So those are the sorrowful mysteries. The third and final mystery are the glorious mysteries. And... Their fruits are the spirit of adoration and faith. Now, the first decade of the Glorious Mysteries focuses in on the resurrection. And the resurrection, the, the virtues associated with that mystery or that decade are faith, hope, and charity. The scriptural reference for the first glorious mystery is Matthew chapter 27, verses 62 through 66, and St. Matthew chapter 28, 1 through 10. The second um, decade in the glorious mysteries is the ascension of Jesus. Its virtues are confidence in God and the desire for heaven. The scriptural reference for the uh, second decade of the glorious mysteries is Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 12. The third decade of the descent of the Holy Ghost, I'm sorry, is the descent of the Holy Ghost on the apostles and his blessed mother. 
And the virtues of this decade are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, love of God, and zeal for souls. And its spiritual reference is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. And verses 16 and 17 and verses 36 through 41 from the second uh, second uh, chapter of Acts. So basically these are all coming from the same chapter. 1 through 14, 16 and 17, 36 through 41. Now, to um to my Protestant listeners out there or to any atheists or agnostics who for whatever reason are listening to this, the next two mysteries of the glorious mystery are not in the Bible. I want to say that if you even have a remotely open mind, you can see the bulk of the rosary does come from the Bible. However, I'm going to make the distinction that as a true Catholic, we don't make everything by the Bible. We have traditions that we follow. So, some of the references and some of the prayers are from Catholic tradition. And, you know, if this is an issue for you, that it's not, you know, everything is not biblical, I would tell you that we are not Protestants. And I would also say that, you know, the Protestants, for all their talk about how scriptural they are, they're very selective on which scriptures they follow and which scriptures that they either ignore or they make, you know, they make, they, they change the meaning of the scripture to fit their particular agenda. Now, the fourth, on the fourth decade is the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And the virtue of that is fiel devotion to Mary. Um, basically, um, the Catholics have, or I say true Catholics have, a devotion to the Blessed Mother because, first of all, she carried Jesus, but secondly, um, it is part of Catholic theology that Jesus will refuse his mother nothing. Which is why you will hear some Catholic saints say the best way to get to Jesus is through the Virgin Mary, his mother. But like I said, this is not a, you know, this isn't about the theology. I'm just explaining why they, um, why one of the spirits is, or I'm sorry, one of the virtues is, is fiel devotion to Mary. 
and the assumption of the Virgin Mary is a matter of Catholic tradition and dogma. Basically, to make it as simple as I possibly can, we believe that Mary was born sinless. That is why um, we talk, well, we have a doctrine in the Catholic Church called the Immaculate Conception. To simplify it as best as I can, we believe that Mary was born without the stain of original sin. Otherwise, she could not have carried Jesus. Jesus is God. God can have no contact with anything stained or sinful. Therefore, if she were just a regular woman, she would not have been able to carry him. It would have killed her. She had to be born without original sin. And having been born without original sin, she did not die a regular human death. Those of us who are born with original sin, we go back to the, our bodies go back to the dust that we were born out of. But since she did not have that stain, she was allowed to assume bodily into heaven. Now, the fifth and final decade of the glorious mysteries is the coronation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And the, the virtue is perseverance in holiness to a happy death will marry a crown of eternal glory. So basically, we're asking for perseverance in holiness so that we can get to heaven. Now, some of you may be wondering, well, wait a minute. Um, those of you who are un unfamiliar with Catholic theology, well, why was Mary coronated the queen of heaven? For the very simple fact that she bore Jesus, she raised him, and because she was born without original sin, she was basically not worldly. So when she went through the passion with Jesus, she suffered completely innocently without, without worldliness. The best way I can explain it would be if you took a person who had the mental age of, uh, of a young child and you made them witness the things that Jesus went through before he was nailed to the cross, that person, it would affect them deeper than, say, a person like myself. Um, as I said in an earlier podcast, if you haven't seen The Passion of the Christ, I highly recommend it because it is the most realistic portrayal of Jesus's last hours that I've ever seen put to film. It's not only it's a, it's a it's an artistic masterpiece. But imagine taking a 4-year-old child to that movie. Their reaction because they're not 
They're not stained by original sin. They're not stained with worldliness. Is going to be deep and visceral than to somebody who's an adult. And by the way, just as a further note on this, um, I came out the way Mel Gibson did the movie. Um, it was still a powerful scene. And I will also say, if it can make a hardened, hardened, cynical man such as myself feel the sinfulness of my own nature, imagine what a a, a four-year-old or five-year-old or six-year-old would feel. It's on a whole nother level. So that's basically the rosary. Um, I'm going to put in the show notes. I'm going to basically recommend some traditional Catholic bookstores that sell the rosary guide. And just as an added note, um, when you first start the, 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 the rosary, you're supposed to imagine as you're reading, as you're reading the, the, the different, uh, decades, you're supposed to imagine and meditate upon the scriptural passage that it's based on. Now, some of you might have a great imagination and maybe may be able to do that right off the bat. And, and if that's the case, then um, then you can disregard this uh, this last piece of advice I'm going to give. I would say, however, even if you do have a great imagination, that this piece of advice will you will probably find it very helpful there are uh, also in addition to the the pamphlets on um on um there 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 in in addition to the the rosary guide which tells you how to pray the rosary there are also pamphlets that help you meditate upon each of the mysteries um if you if you're like me and you have a terrible imagination this will definitely be a godsend to you i'm just speaking from my own experience it has really helped me pray the rosary. But in the show notes, I will give you traditional uh, Catholic bookstores that carry not only how, uh, pamphlets on how to pray the rosary, they also give you the uh, meditations on the mysteries. Okay, so this actually went longer than I anticipated. I, I thought it would be done much sooner, but I'm hoping I did justice to this subject because the rosary is one of my main devotions 
And speaking for myself, I thank Jesus and his mother for this devotion. It has been invaluable to me. And I, I, I also want to make a further recommendation to those of you who have trouble praying. The rosary will help you to pray. And if that's all you, you pray at the beginning of your spiritual journey, I'm, I'm telling you, it is going to actually help you in your prayers when you do get a little more spiritually mature. But anyway, I hope I've done justice to this subject. I hope you found it informative and uh, interesting. You didn't have to listen to this episode, but I appreciate the fact that you stuck with me and listened. I want to say that I'm praying for you guys. And when I say that, I'm not just saying it. I do. And I want to say, God bless you. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. Bye-bye.